Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. You know who Sean Carter uh, refers to? That's the guy, is the, the shoe guy, designed the shoes, right? Yeah, I believe in nothing you say. He's the guy who designed the shoes. out here playing games. And he also has a, a, one of those champagne thingies that he sells. <laughs> I can't even look at him. Had a nice. brand rock I can't look at him, yeah. Yeah, it was a brand, like some of the clothes that people wore, right? Mm. Sean the Carter. fact that y'all would even question me is ridiculous. I question you in a lot of things. Question me, do I know Sean Carter? Is, though? That's like, <laughs> I didn't question you. You just said it was Sean Carter. You looked at me. I didn't say nothing to you. Well, you know, guys. <laughs> well, the what? dude was the one talking about Sean Carter. You said this is As why you can't. The great Sean Carter. Well, I said the, you the great know. Sean Carter before he start talking. I'm like, I can't. like who Sean calls him Sean Carter, Carter other than back. when Beyonce is mad at him and he, she says, Sean? You know, or his mom or something. No one walks yeah, around. Yeah, what's hey, his middle Sean. name? They do the whole name, right? Nobody walks around saying, Sean, I'm not rolling up on Jay-Z. What's up, Sean? To quote the great Sean Carter. Like, I, don't, I don't want to mess with them, but you know, like, you know, you have to do these hits. You prepare that, right? You're thinking, like, how am I going to kick this thing off? Ah, oh, yeah. Start off with the Sean Carter quote. Right. To quote the great Sean Carter. Speaking of. <laughs> I'm trying to transition. To uh, quote the great Sean Carter. Seth Wickersham has a. New book coming out October 12th. Mm-hmm. Explosive. It's called It's Better to Be Feared about the New England's Patriots uh, dynasty. Seth will join us at 910 to discuss the book. Mm-hmm. In an excerpt posted on ESPN.com moments ago, Seth writes this, okay? In the end, Tom Brady just wanted to say goodbye in person to his longtime coach. But according to this book, Bill Belichick said he wasn't available and insisted the two New England Patriots legends talk on the phone. Wouldn't do it face to face, Keyshawn Johnson. Damn. It's like that, Bill? I like that, though. Why? Because I just like it. I, I just like the fact that he's consistent. I just bit I like, like the fact the gangsterism. I huh? like the fact that he's consistent. Now here's what I would say about their consistency. I don't like that you did it to Tom Brady. If you were Brady, what would your reaction be? Well, hold on, wait a minute. Hold on, hold on, Max, hold on. Hold on. Because I, I I know Key. Hold on. What, what, if what, you what, were if you were Tom Brady, what would your what would Keyshawn Johnson's reaction be if Bill Belichick decided not to meet him face to face but said, I'll talk to Keyshawn on the phone? Oh, I'm gonna give Oh, you gonna black out. Oh no, he gonna get he gonna catch hell for me. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I'm a oh I'm a torching. So why do you say you like it? Because I like his consistency, but I don't like that the consistency stays for Tom Brady. Tom Brady is different, man. That's the problem. This a, it's it you you Tom Brady is just different. That's just regardless to what you think, Tom Brady, it's Tom Brady. Brady, that would okay? drive me crazy. So I'm going to, if in fact. By all accounts, everything is true. That he actually said, "Hey, I don't have time. I'll talk to you on the phone." I don't like like it's time. Like, come on, man. Like, whatever you're doing at that point in time, whether you already know Tom is moving on or not, or whatever the case is, or you don't want Tom back, whatever. It's Tom. Let's just figure whatever I'm doing. Let's go have some. What lobster. could be more let's important go, than let, that let's at go, that moment? Exactly, let's go Max. do something. Let's have some lobster. Let's have a drink cocktail just to say thank you. It's good. I'm, I'm happy. I discovered you. I made you. Goodbye. Close the door behind you. Something like that. You know, but behind closed doors, it was different. It was different for me 
or Shane Battier than it was for other players on the team. We had more in-depth conversations. There were things that you expected that you would hear directly from Coach K's mouth more so than having a phone call with somebody after you've been through the gauntlet together for a multitude of years. What could Bill Belichick possibly have going on at that moment more important than Tom Brady? This reminds me, my Zeta, that's grandfather in Yiddish, okay, lived with us the whole thing, died at 95 of lung cancer. When he was in the hospital, like we had to take a trip to the hospital one day, Yankees game was on. I got him into the Yankees later in his life, right? He wanted to get back and watch the game. This is in 97, playoff hunt. He wanted to get back and watch the game, and he starts talking loudly. This is a 95-year-old man with terminal lung cancer at the hospital because they're taking too long to get him out of there. Game's going to start. He goes, oh, if they only knew what this important thing I had to do. He thought he was going to, like, psych them out and make the doctors think he had some real important appointment. A 95-year-old man dying of lung cancer has nothing more important. There's nothing more important in his life going on than what's in the hospital, but that's how bad he wanted to see the game. Who does Bill Belichick think he is fooling, certainly not Tom Brady, when he says there's anything going on in his life, more, in his life, more important than meeting face-to-face with Tom Brady? He's not fooling I'm, anybody. I'm assuming that he was available in the area and not available, uh, not not available because he's out of the country or something along those lines. I'm just going to assume that he was up the road in, in, in Foxborough somewhere doing something and he just decided that he would rather do it over the phone because it was too emotional. I'm gonna give him the benefit of. I'm gonna try to weave it. But what do you to really make think? It, though? Horrible. I just think that I, I don't know what to think other than let's hope that he was out of the country. But let's he, just he, hope that he was he, somewhere where it no. it would have taken a long time no. for him to meet with he, Bill. He, even, if, even if he's out of the country, hey Tom. I'm out of the country right now on a very special vacation for my wife, whatever it may be. Give me a couple of days. I will be back. I want to sit down and look you in the eyes, man to man, and deal with this directly. Yeah. Well, the conversation is such. The conversation that Seth Wickersham is saying in his new book, that explosive book that um, is dropping, is that he wasn't available in person but over the phone. So if he's over the phone, I don't know what the conversation even took place right I'll be back in three weeks I'll be back in two we could do it there I don't know but I'm trying to give him the benefit of the doubt because I like the consistency of who Bill is I no problem with that but that consistency has to be broken when it comes to certain guys and that certain guy would be a Tom Brady you have to break it for a Willie McGinnis you have to break it for a Teddy Bruschi you have to break that consistency for guys like that because everybody's not going to be treated the same. It's just keep it, the reality. So the kids of it. say keep it 100, keep it a buck. I kind of agree with Key. Keep it 90. Give yourself some wiggle room. Well, but everybody Key, you are keeping it 90 right now. Everybody you know that Bill Belichick has to meet with Tom Brady face to face. Oh, I have. Bill is a, a good friend of mine, and I've talked to Bill on many occasions about many different things in his career, and I've always said. Certain things when 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 the whole Spygate thing was going on, and I had a conversation with Bill. I am on the record as saying I trust what he's telling me, and if he's telling me there was nothing to it like that, then I have to trust that until he shows me something different, and that's just the reality of it. I have no reason to sugarcoat anything. I just it's just uh, consistency is important for me because everybody is different, and and pecking orders sometimes people don't understand pecking orders, and they don't get it. There's Tom Brady, 
And then there's a couple other guys. Then there's not. Tom Brady's at the top. And so you get the private jet and you go visit with him if you have the time. I don't know if Bill was out of the country. I don't know. I don't know the context of why he couldn't meet. So it would be hard. You know, I'm just trying to I'm, – I'm grasping for words yeah, to yeah, try yeah. to – Because it doesn't it make sense. It's almost like – It does not. If, if, well, no, no, it does make sense, Key. It makes sense that there were hard feelings. No, and Belichick wanted sense. to send a message to Brady like, I'm not, cha- I'm not changing the rules for you. You're just another player. Doesn't make sense, though. You, coaches don't – people usually don't do that for th- powerful people like that. And when I say powerful, well, well, Brady has power because of who he is. Well, well I'm not saying that Belichick didn't do that. But when you look at the history that you know people have spoken about, about really Tom Brady's thoughts really being ignored by Bill Belichick, you can see how maybe it could compound to that juncture, right? If you have a guy who's won multiple Super Bowls and he's trying to give you input on what he thinks the team should do and you continuously ignore that, it kind of sets it up for that potential culmination. No doubt. doubt. It's illustrative of what, of what was going on. There's so much stuff in this book, just the excerpts even, that, that we need to get into. But there's a lot to get into. Clemsoning used to mean something much different. You know, Clemsoning. What does Dabo's biggest critic think of the Tigers slide down the rankings? That's next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and ESPN2. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric E-Bikes today, the number one selling e-bike in America. Two things stand out that bikers love about Electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, Electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus. Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happened in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash unsportsmanlike today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash unsportsmanlike. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max, the podcast. Starting right now. Suns out, guns out on three. Look at this. Oh, my Lord. Intercepted. Game Fletcher. Touchdown, Auburn. Put this one in the books. 
It's been all Razorbacks. Intercepted at the 48. Perkins can win it from 29. Legends never die. Oklahoma survived Drew Pine off the bench. The all-time winningest coach in Notre Dame history. And we will go to overtime. Hugs! Miraculously! Fourth down for the ball game. Incomplete. They answer the opportunity. It's been a long time since we've been in a situation like this. Keyshawn J. Will and Max, presented by Progressive Insurance. All guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. Those were the sights and sounds from week four in college football, including Clemson being upset by NC State. And to break it all down is the great Paul Feinbaum with us on the Goodyear Hotline. Brought to you by Goodyear. With you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. Good morning, Paul. Good morning, guys. Hey, Max. How are you? With Listen, uh, the great Hey, thing- man, you said Max's name. Say our name, too. Yeah, we're here too, Paul. Well, yeah, I, I know. I'm saving you for later, Keyshawn. <laughs> the, the thing, the great thing about I don't want to, I don't want to waste all the good ammunition in the opening salvo. But uh, I, I think, I think I was talking to Max a minute ago. Right, go ahead, Max. The, the college. Well, thank you very much, Paul. <laughs> Directing traffic. The college football playoff, because it is four, right? It's still a double elimination tournament in the regular season, which makes the regular season awesome. At, but Clemson just got double eliminated. They're out of the college football playoff picture after losing to NC State. What is next for Dabo's program, Paul? That's the ultimate question right now because this does not look like an ascending program, Max. And, and before I even get too far along, I know Clemson fans are screaming and hollering saying, hey, we've been to the playoffs every year since 2015. We've we won two national championships against Nick Saban, and we and – we, played for the championship two years ago and we were in the semis last year but the problem for Clemson is their is their neighborhood they they live in a lousy neighborhood it's called the ACC it it becomes weaker by the year and that has always been their path uh beat up on the ACC uh play nobody in the conference championship game and then go to the playoffs and 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 win and and survive but I'm not sure it's going to be very easy for them any longer Max the ACC is a little bit better but Clemson is coming back to the pack their offense is a mess uh I, I, there's no getting around it their offensive line is is inferior and when they get beat at the at the line of scrimmage against a team like NC State you have to begin to wonder if it isn't over for this run. I, I think it's a good program. They have facilities that are on par or equal to anyone. But I just don't see this program contending like they have. And, yeah, they'll still get good recruits, but will they be able to get the best? I seriously doubt it, the way, the, the way this program is heading. Paul, let me ask you this, though. When you, you, you talk about, right, the offense, the, the, the line, you talk about the recruits, losing Jeff Scott, was it that big of a deal? Mm-hmm. Because ever since Jeff left, the offense has sputtered along. And then I also look at uh, Brent Venables, the defensive coordinator. His defense is not lights out like it was six years ago. Is is some of that happening? I think it is. I, I think the thing about Jeff is, is, is really a very astute point, Keyshawn, because they, they had co-offensive coordinators, and he went down to uh, South Florida and, and I think they're missing him badly. Uh, and, you know, sometimes th- these little things that we don't know about, you, you've been in that locker room, you understand this better than, than I do. 
uh, really do matter. And, and Venables has been considered the guru of defense for a long time, but sometimes these things get stale. And, and Dabo Sweeney is, to me, more of a CEO coach than an X's and O's coach. Uh, he's, he's always had a great staff. He's always kept them together. And now you see one defection. You'll, you'll see more probably at the end of this season. And I really do think uh, this program has peaked. Uh, and I, I know that's an opinion, but what else do we have here this morning? But the trajectory is really bad. And, you know, we, 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 I, didn't, I didn't read as much into the Georgia game as maybe I should have. I thought, man, Georgia's a, a, a power team. Clemson is a power team. One bad play by G.J., and, and, and it was over. But the, the signs have been there. They, they barely beat Georgia Tech. Uh, they, they didn't beat NC State. They'll lose another game or two. And that just doesn't work at Clemson. Clemson has lived and feasted off of two wins over Nick Saban to help build this program up. But remember one thing, Keyshawn, in 2014, Steve Spurrier's next to the last year at South Carolina, he was shooting for eight, for six straight over Clemson. That, that's how different it was, and it wasn't that long ago. And I'm not suggesting Clemson goes back to that point in time. But I also think uh, they're going to to drift back and forth, and I, I don't see Clemson winning another national championship. Both Clemson and Ohio State looking on the outside of the college football playoffs. Um, what what does the playoff picture look like now? Is it wide open outside of maybe like Alabama? We just saw what Texas A&M took one on the chin against Arkansas as they were looking ahead to Alabama. Keyshawn, it, it's as wide open as it, it has ever been, and that's what I say is it started in 2014, so I'm not using and we're not talking about 50 or 100 years here. I, I think if you look at it, and this weekend will help separate because both Alabama and Georgia have critical games, Georgia against Arkansas at home, Alabama against Ole Miss. If, if both win, then I think we're looking at a collision in the SEC title game. Georgia still has to deal with Florida, which is very good. But you could conceivably have two undefeated teams playing there and the, and, and, the, and the loser still being in the playoffs. If that happens, and I think right now that would be likely, then where do you go for the next team? I think Oregon is probably the next best team. And then I think it's wide open. Uh, the Big Ten is, is the most intriguing league right now because we have no earthly idea what's going on. Don't, don't write Ohio State off completely because – you know, Penn State is, is ranked high, but they don't really look like a national championship team. Iowa will, will, will get Penn State in a week. There, there's Michigan, which is a mystery. I mean, they're undefeated, uh, but they're still a mystery. Michigan State's out there. So the, the Big Ten has, has probably the, the largest number of contingency of, 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 of competitors. And, and then, and then I, I mean, could someone else sneak in there? I, I don't know. But it, it, and there's Oklahoma, uh, Keyshawn which we all thought had the best quarterback in the country, Spencer Rattler, and, and he has nope. really had a miserable, a miserable year. Yeah. Paul Feinbaum, the host of the Paul Feinbaum Show, joining us here on Keyshawn J. Will and Max. Paul, since you said it's so wide open right now, where do you stand on the CFP expansion talk? Well, that, that's probably the most disappointing part of college football right now, Jay, because uh, – in three months ago, it looked, I would say, at a 99% uh, possibility that we were going to see a 12-team expansion and possibly even see it 
in two seasons. That's all falling apart now. The politics of college football has reared its ugly head. The Rose Bowl does not want to let go of its esteemed 4.30 uh, Eastern time start. So you can see the San Gabriel Mountains in the, in the background, and we all glow, glow over how important that game is, uh, as if that's the most important game in college football. Meanwhile, the Texas-Oklahoma defection, Big 12 to SEC, rattled a lot of cages. And, and right now, I, I don't think we're going to see that in the near future. The, the contract still has four more years. Nobody wants to uh, give ESPN, who, who owns the contract right now, any more power than they already have. So I think we're going to drag on with that. And, and I think college football will be the loser because even though this year is an outlier, most years we already know by now who three of the four teams are and often all four. Paul, the big game down in Tuscaloosa this week, uh, weekend, Alabama, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin going up against his old boss in Nick Saban. We haven't heard a lot from Lane so far this week. He's been like quiet in the lab or whatnot. Does Ole Miss have a real chance of going into Tuscaloosa and upsetting Alabama. We saw him play last year. That offense really put up some points on Nick Saban's defense, but this is a different year. Key, I, I think if, any, if, if there's a coach that can beat Saban, it, it's Lane Kiffin. And I'm, I'm not predicting it, but Lane Kiffin gets in Nick Saban's head uh, more than anybody else. And, I, and you know Lane, and I, I think what I'm about to say isn't going to surprise you. Nick Saban, I think, looks at Lane as one of his uh, older children who he just can't control, and he drives him crazy. <laughs> even though, uh, you know, I mean, I mean, exactly I, mean right. I mean, I mean, Nick uh, Saban can Saban can steal the car keys, but Lane has four more copies, and he's he's out the window before uh, you know the old man uh, puts up the keys. And 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 I think I think Lane has been scheming for this game since last year. I mean, he had the best game plan of anyone last year against Nick Saban's defense. I mean, he made them look stupid. Uh, and, and I think you know, Nick Saban has to be concerned about that. The, the question, I think, ultimately is, can Ole Miss stop Alabama? Uh, because uh, I think, I think, I think with Matt Corral is the best quarterback in college football right now. Absolutely. Another one of your, your Southern Cal guys yeah, thank who you. Uh, departed Th- thanks and, a lot. and left and left USC, left, left USC in the, in the dust. And, 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 and Lane has worked wonders, and, and I, I think he's one of the most unique coaches in college football. And I, I think, I mean, Alabama is favored by two, and a half, by two touchdowns for a reason, but, but, but Lane, I think, is going to come closest to beating Saban That's of anyone. so interesting about the personalities to me or the relationship, Paul, because you look at it, you go, Ole Miss has this unstoppable offense. What's up with the Alabama defense, right? Ooh, that's a bad matchup. On the other hand, obviously, Saban always beats his assistants, right? Like, it's, it's bad. The fact that that relationship is what it is, I love the, the, the analogy to the kid stealing the car keys. He's got the more copies. Maybe that makes the difference here. Maybe there's no kind of psychological whammy that Saban has over Kiffin, and that makes the difference. I love that. That would be a... That would be quite a thing to happen this early in the college season. One more thing, and, and Keyshawn, I think you'll back me up on this. Saban is part, uh, Kiffin is part of the Saban tree, but he's, he's somewhat illegitimate for this reason. He's really a Pete Carroll disciple. <laughs> right. No, that's true. Uh, and, yeah, I mean, yeah, Will Muschamp and Kirby Smart and yeah. Jimbo, I mean, those yeah. were – those were that, that was Saban's first wife, uh, and I mean Lane came in there later on, and I think that's why there's a rub. And I'm not trying to get too deep into domestic affairs here uh, for the country at 7:30 in the morning, but 
But that's why, I mean, Nick, Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin, I mean, he, I think he truly respects him. And, and, but, but Kiffin, even when he was at Alabama, uh, there was always something going on. And remember one thing. Uh, we always talk about how Nick Saban rehabilitated Lane Kiffin after, after SC. He did. And, and, but don't forget something. Lane Kiffin helped Nick Saban just as much. Nick Saban's uh, offense was all over the place. Uh, I, don't think, I don't think Nick Saban would, would have gone on this run of, of three or four more national championships if Lane Kiffin hadn't showed up and brought in the, the, these, these up-tempo quarterbacks. I mean, don't, think about who Kiffin brought in there, Keyshawn. No, we're, I know. we're talking about Jalen Hurts first, Tua Tagovailoa, Mac Jones, and now Bryce Young. And, I mean, that is just an unbelievable uh, series. And I, I think Lane is the reason for all that. Look, here, here's what I would say about the, the Lane Kiffin situation. I remember when he first took the job at Alabama, Paul, and you remember this as well. And I also remember when he was fired on the tarmac at USC, and a week later he <laughs> had to go to Seattle to hang out with Sarkeesian to g grab, wrap mm -hmm. his mind around how he just got fired. And Lane called me one day, and he – had an opportunity to go to Florida, be Will Muschamp's uh, offensive coordinator. And I told Lane, as hard-headed as, as he is at times, I said, Lane, are you stupid or are you dumb? You got to be one. Because if you don't go to Alabama to become Nick Saban's offensive coordinator and steal some knowledge on how to become a head coach, a real head coach, then you might as well stop coaching. And then the next thing you know, obviously, he takes the job at Alabama. But his mission was to go to Alabama to learn. He can recruit. He can do all the X's and O's, but he needed to learn how to be an efficient uh, a head coach and not just an offensive coordinator. And But, Paul, with that being said, if he were to get the win against Alabama, look on his IG page, I don't know mm. if he landed at a you know, private airport, whatever it was, but he posted a picture that said Los Angeles on it, right? He was arriving at some kind of you know, FBO or tarmac that said L.A. on it. If he were to get that momentum after what Key just said, gaining the knowledge from Saban, is it feasible for him to come back to USC? If you're a USC, would you look at that as an option? I don't know why you wouldn't, uh, Jay, and you're right. Uh, I mean, he, his family is part uh, – his kids are still out in L.A. He, he recruits that area. He, so he is out there a lot. I – I, I, I frankly, I mean, I, I can't talk about SC because I've got one of the, 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 the board of directors here uh, at the other end of the camera, uh, Keyshawn Johnson. But, but Keyshawn, uh, I, I think Lane Kiffin would be great at, at Southern Cal on the second time around. I think it would be the story of the year in college football. And if he, and if, and, you know, let's say he beats Saban Saturday, he's the hottest coach in the country. So you, I don't think you can rule anything out. Thanks a lot, Paul Feinbaum. See you on your show later this afternoon. Got to go. <laughs> Paul Feinbaum brought to you by Dr. Pepper. College football heating up. So are the fans. Uh, the fans are hyped. Crack open a nice cold Dr. Pepper. Slap on a fresh coat of face paint and return to glory with an all-new season of Fansville by Dr. Pepper. The one fans deserve. Why Ben Simmons wants out of Philly. That's after SportsCenter. They're waiting for the last out and a celebration. The one-strike pitch. Two outs. A swing and a drive to center field. Bader comes on. He makes the catch for a Redbird winner. And the Cardinals have secured the second wild card in the National League. They're going to play a week from tomorrow. Light up the night in downtown St. Louis. The Cardinals shake hands. They celebrate on the field. These fans are having a great time. And the Cardinals 
have put this thing away by winning 17 in a row, 19 of the last 20. 17, what is it, 2000, is this 10 years ago? Oh. Yadier Molina and Adam Wainwright? The call on the Cardinals radio network as St. Louis beat the Brewers 6-2 for the longest win streak in team history. The Cardinals also clinched a wild spot with a win, wild card spot with a win. Their third straight postseason appearance. Adam Wainwright pitched six strong innings, and the Redbirds have now won eight consecutive starts by Wainwright. Courtney Vandersloot recorded the second triple-double in WNBA playoff history with 12 points, a league playoff record 18 assists and 10 rebounds to help the Chicago Sky beat the Connecticut Sun 101-95 in two overtimes in the opener of their best-of-five semifinal series. Meanwhile, the Las Vegas Aces took a 1-0 series lead on the Phoenix Mercury with a 96-90 win led by four players in double figures. And Manny Pacquiao announced his retirement Ooh. from boxing three months shy of his 43rd birthday. In this day and age of multiple weight divisions and so many belts, he's the only eight-division champion in boxing history. But he's legitimately, Ooh. if you count it the old-school way, the only four-division champion in boxing history. A sitting senator in the Philippines, Pacquiao Ooh. recently announced he'll run for president in May's election. Ooh. We are talking about those stories and more on This Just In with me, Max Kellerman, at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Sports centers presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. So Ben Simmons doesn't want to play with Joel Embiid, Sam Amick writes for The Athletic. People have intimate knowledge of how he sees the situation continue to insist that he's done playing with Embiid. There's nothing personal about this choice. Really? Hmm. I don't know. I just said those words, but it seems like it is personal. Um, but the 25-year-old Simmons has clearly decided that his career is better off without Embiid blocking the runways in the paint that he so badly needs to succeed if he's running the offense that has run its course, the source said of their pairing. Here is what Joel Embiid said at Media Day on Monday about what he would like to see um, from Simmons if he does return. Um, honestly, I, I, I would probably say um, I'm disappointed. Um, I mean, I'm sure we all seen videos. Um, so, man, that will help because uh, he has that potential. Uh, you know, he you know, in, in full context, he did talk about Ben Simmons coming back and how he would like to have him be part of the organization again. There was a slight jab about you've seen the videos, uh, but for the most part, he said that he wanted Ben back. The reports came out the other day that stated him, Tobias Harris, another teammate tried to rent out a private plane to try to go meet Ben Simmons. Ben denied that. Uh, but look, the, the reality is the offense built around Ben is drastically different than when Ben and Joel are on the court. They had like some kind of silly record when Joel Embiid was out. They were like 13-1 and one when he actually centered around Ben Simmons at that 4-5 or five spot, the dunk spot. And that's what Doc Rivers actually wanted to do. He tried to sell Ben on the fact that they would, hey, let's share minutes between you and Joel Embiid. Obviously, when we need you guys in the game together, when it counts in the fourth quarter, we'll do that. But utilize you more so at the dunk spot. And I don't think Ben Simmons even cared. I think Ben Simmons wants a team to be built around him. That's one of the Ben Simmons side. But if you're the Philadelphia 76ers, I don't care what Ben Simmons says. I'm not moving you unless I get great value in return. Some of the offers that have been made have been decent, but 
Daryl Morey and company, it feels like they are waiting for the right opportunity a little bit later in the season when some other veterans are up or you're watching what's happening with Damian Lillard or Bradley Bill. They become disgruntled to wait for that. So you don't make a move. And if Ben Simmons chooses not to come back, he will get fined by the NBA and his pay will be docked. If he does come back and he said he has some kind of mysterious injury, we'll have a physician look at it. We'll get a second. We'll get a third opinion to corroborate what the first physician says, and we will dock your pay. Daryl Morey and the 76ers have a position of leverage or in control of how they handle this with Ben. You mentioned Daryl Morey, the head of basketball, the head of the, the, the team operations, 76ers president. Here's what he had to say on Ben Simmons. Look, we just know the history of, you know, you can look back at how these things play out. Um, you know, Ben's a great player and, you know, we expect him back. We expect him to be a 76er. Well, you just heard from Daryl Morey. I, I understand, Jay, what you were saying earlier about how Doc wanted to use Simmons. And I get it because Simmons, like, it's almost psychotic. He refuses to shoot. But I look at Giannis and Simmons. They came into the league in, with similarities in certain respects. Simmons has better handles, better court vision, better passer. Mm-hmm. And the, they built a team around Giannis where he goes downhill, you either double him, he finds the open man, or he yams it, right? And they didn't do that for Simmons because they have Joel Embiid. So I, I get it if I'm Simmons. I'm like, wait, put shooters around me. Let me see what I can do. Yeah, I... um. I'm with you. I, it, it makes sense. It makes sense if you're Ben Simmons. You know, it, it's interesting, though. One source said this. He says, total BS uh, with the knowledge of Simmons' outlook, uh, talking about the analysis of him potentially, you know, playing at that, that dunk spot. It's, but I, 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 here's my question that I have for Ben Simmons, because obviously in order to get this to that point, you have to go through a lot mentally and key you're mentally strong. I see the way you handle a lot. Of, you put out a lot of fires during your tenure playing in, in the National Football League. Everything you know about Ben Simmons leading up to this point about how he's dealt with fans, how he's dealt with you know, issues with Joel Embiid or Doc Rivers or Daryl Morey or the trade of James Harden, all these different things. Do you think he's mentally built to endure going through what he's going to have to go through in order for him to really be moved? If he comes back and he has to – he plans on not playing and sitting and going through all that stuff that he'll get from the fans and the media? Do you think he's built for that? I think he's, he's learning to be built from it. Uh, when you are – you got to remember, he is still relatively young. Jay, he's not – we're not talking about a 10-year veteran in the NBA. He's still a young player. And essentially, he's still a young man. And I think over time, he will be built for it. But it's important for Rich Paul and the people around him to give him that shield uh, of comfort to let him know that everything is going to be okay at, in the end. They've got to work their magic. I understand what you're saying about Dora Morelli's going to do this and do that because they have the power and he does it. But it's up to Rich Paul and the people in that office that represents him to understand that they've got to give him enough comfort to feel like it's going to work out in the end so he can not worry about the fan base and worry about – what the media is saying and how it's going to uh, derail his career and all of the different narratives that will be said about him over the next several months if, in fact, he decides not to go back and do whatever in Philadelphia. Because um, clearly, when there's, when there's smoke, there's fire. And he does not want to be a Philadelphia 76er 
and clearly Joel Embiid doesn't want him to be a sixer. So now they've got to decide what to do with him and moving forward. And in the end, they're not going to get what they want. It just doesn't work that way. Unless it just they, does unless they not expand work the that deal, way. Unless they expand, expand the, the deal, deal and try to use Ben Simmons in the larger package to get an even better player, I wouldn't rule that out. That's why you wait. Brady's back in New England with history on the line. We'll tell you about it. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. The Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max Podcast. A loss for words? Not here. Fill in the blank. Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max presented by Progressive Insurance. Yes, you heard the voice of God. It is time to fill in the blank. Our producer, uh, Evan, will uh, give us the phrase and we will fill in the blank. All right, let's get started, guys. Why are you talking so slow, man? I'm giving Evan time to get, his, to get everything together. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, good. Ready go to ahead. go. Let's go. So we teased it. Tom Brady could Yay. be a history maker when he returns to New England. Needs just 68 yards to break Drew Brees' record for passing yards in a career. Brady's record-breaking pass will be caught by blank. Brady's record-breaking pass will be caught by blank. Key? What is, how many yards? 68. Let's go ahead and say Doesn't need, man. Yeah, but yeah, you, you, so you want one pass? No, no, no. Just when he breaks the record. Oh, when who, he breaks yeah. it. Who will it be I'm caught by? I'm just trying to think. You don't have to think it that It will hard, be Keith. caught by Antonio Brown. I, I'll give you Gronkowski just to tie it all in with with all the conspiracy around New England, why not Gronkowski? Gronk, of course. Of course it's going to be Gronk. He's going to look for Gronk. Antonio Brown. How about if it's a batted pass and he catches it and then runs for like two yards and it's to himself? <laughs> that would be great, that too. Scenario. Rams-Cardinals is a bigger game for the blank. Uh, for Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah, Cardinals. Cardinals for sure. Cardinals for sure. They need this. They need a signature win. They haven't had a signature win. They, they squeaked out wins, could have lost. They beat the Jaguars a, a week ago. Minnesota should have beat them if it wasn't for a damn kicker. I'd love to give you a different answer, but it's the Cardinals. It's the Cardinals. Uh, well, because some people don't believe in the air raid system. So for the some, air raid some, system some to win against the Rams and that defense, I think would, would be a statement game by the Cardinals. Some, some people, meaning Joseph Keyshawn Johnson. Yes, sir. 
These media types don't believe in the air raid, Jay. Well, he's not media. What if, if, the, if Arizona beats the Rams? Will you believe in the air raid offense? Keyshawn Johnson. No. <laughs> well, there you have it. All right. Blank will win the AFC North. Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Cleveland. Talented-wise, they have the most talent. The Cleveland Browns are going to win the AFC North. Oh, Max, this one's for talent you. Wise, yeah, not talented-wise. Max. Max. Yes. So Max is going to answer this one first. I'm going to answer this first. Go ahead. <laughs> what Manny else is Pacquiao yeah. is the greatest boxer of all time. Manny Pacquiao is the blank greatest boxer of all time. Oh, this is He is top 10 pound for pound greatest boxer of all time. Top matter of fact, I, I revised that. He's top That's not five. true. Top five. That's and not fact, true, Max. You that's can make a very true. good argument. He's number no, one. No, that's not true. But I wouldn't make Muhammad it right. Ali is the best ever. Lies, 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 and more and lies. And then behind that is Mike Tyson. What about Sugar and Ray then, Robinson? Uh, Jerry Cooney. I, I, <laughs> Jerry Cooney. Boy, that shows you what year Key was growing up in. Throwing in random names. Jerry Cooney. Oh, Jerry. He remembers Larry Holmes and Jerry yes. Cooney. That's why. <laughs> yeah. who, who, who would your top five be? Sugar Ray Robinson. Number one. Yeah, and then pound for pound. See, Pacquiao is he started as a flyweight champ. Not just he brought his he started his career there. He was the champion at flyweight and then moved up. There are so many divisions between flyweight and junior middleweight where he also won a belt. Ooh. He like, you know, even the fact that he could compete with Floyd Mayweather, who's a naturally Ooh. bigger guy and one of the greatest pure boxers. Pacquiao's overall body Ooh. of work, you could have him Really, you could have him second pound for pound behind Sugar Ray Robinson. How come I'm watching highlights of him knocking people out, though, as little as he is, man? Oh, that dude. It's the calves, yeah. man. He's got, those, he's got those fast twitchies and those big calves jump in on you and, and generate a lot of power. Mm-hmm. Crazy hand speed and power from a southpaw. Really awkward, hard to beat, lightning fast. Pacquiao was all that. Mm. Yeah. Um. Remember when Tom Brady had a statement to read yesterday? Apparently, I have a statement to read. This comes from Pat. Um, just says the Chiefs stink. Mm. It's just a statement he asked me to read. It's accurate. <laughs> the Chiefs will finish blank in the AFC West. Second, behind the Las Vegas Raiders. You really on the Raiders to finish first over the Chiefs? Yeah, I'm really, I'm really on that, and I'll be right again. <laughs> You've been wrong a lot too. I never said that. I never said that I. Was <laughs> I know wrong. you just focus on being right. That's correct. <laughs> a good strategy. Yeah, it's yeah, a good strategy. Right. Yeah. Eagles by two touchdowns this week. <laughs> Stop with the e- Stop. Lies, 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 and more lies. Jay, you, you, who are you taking? And that who, who are you taking for I, the division? I'll go, AFC I'll, West I'll, to win the AFC West. Yeah, I'll go. I'll, I'll go Kansas City. Yeah, Chiefs are going to win Kansas the AFC City. West. I mean, they have two close losses to the Ravens. And the Chargers and those two great quarterbacks, like young quarterbacks, I, it's good. You're not going to win every game. They lost back-to-back games. The Chiefs maybe have another loss in them all year. I'll bet you they 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 win. Well, they got they more. Drop, they got more than another. They loss. drop maybe one, maybe two other games but, the whole season. But does it mean that they won't win 13 games? Yeah, it just means that they won't win the division. They'll still win 13 games and be a wild card and go to the Super Bowl. That I mean, if another team in that division wins. Double uh, well, double digits now with 17 games, but 14, 13, 14 games. FC West might replace the the, the NFC West as the best division in football. Well, think about it. Right now, you you got you got teams like the Raiders in Denver that's undefeated. Yeah, and they're getting ready, you know, to go on some runs with their schedule. Undefeated, uh, uh, three weeks in. Yeah, but against when I'm talking about Denver now. 
against the Giants, the Jets, and the Jags. Doesn't matter. You get that momentum and you start believing, you know? Teddy Bridgewater, Steady Teddy. Steady Teddy. How come that that has to be his nickname? All right, last one. Real quick, guys. We started with Tom Brady. Let's end with Bill Belichick. Blank will end up succeeding Bill Belichick. Josh McDaniels. I'll go with that for the sake of time. Sure. I I would have said that anyway, Josh McDaniels. That's the likely guy to succeed, I think. What will happen when Bill Belichick and Tom Brady see each other in New England? These answers, very interesting. You're going to hear it next. Keyshawn J. Willemax on ESPN Radio and heading now to ESPN News. Thanks for listening to Keyshawn J. Will and Max, the podcast. Check the guys out live weekday mornings from 6 to 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.